One Emotional Podcast, Conversations for Inspiration on the Go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Do you ever have times where you wonder, am I good enough? If so, you're not alone. Experiencing feelings of inferiority, inadequacy, worthlessness, and just not feeling enough can be immensely challenging and painful. And to be quite honest, it's common. A lot of people have them. It's not that it's, there's something wrong with you. Whether these feelings are elicited by periodic situations or involve more ongoing challenges that might accompany a history of trauma or mental health challenges like depression, these feelings are experienced, experiences that many people face. And by a study by Horowitz, Jan, and San in 2014, they did a huge study. And from 10,000 people that they studied, 82% responded that they, feel, they, they didn't feel good enough. So it's a common problem between humans. In addition to the already uncomfortable affective responses of experiencing the age-old question of, am I good enough? Feelings of inferiority and worthlessness can lead to challenges in motivation, feeling competent, performance, connecting with oneself and others, and might be keeping you from experiencing your full potential just because you think that you're not competent enough. So not feeling good enough is like looking in a mirror that is clouded and does not give us a clear image of what we're seeing or who we are. So how we can uncloud this mirror? One method that psychological research offers is the use of self-affirmations. We've all heard them. Positive statements about self that reinforce our positive characteristics, abilities, skills, or values. And the important thing before we jump into these positive affirmations is to understand what is the, the, the cause, the root of why it's such a common thing to feel not worthy, to feel that you're not good enough in whatever is it that you're doing in life. And if we go into our primary years, our childhood, no, it depends on, you know, the the attachment, the emotional attachment that we had with our primary caretakers. And we know nowadays that the theory of attachment, it's created on our first years. And that attachment could be a secure attachment, an avoidant attachment, an anxious attachment, or a disorganized attachment. And it has to do with how it was a relationship with your primary caretaker or your or you know the your primary and secondary caretaker it could be your mom your dad it could be grandparents it could be you know family around or it could be adoptive parents whichever is the case but that has a lot to do and if you were for example hurt manipulated if you were lied to if you didn't learn how to trust then that attachment theory changes and throws you know, different way of attachment. And that, that's the base of the relationships that you will have in your future and the relationship that you're going to have with yourself. And when we're born, 
we have our natural essence, no? who we really are. And in the ambience, in the family, or in the, with the people around us that we we're born with, no? we start to learn what things of us we need to, to not to show or to hide. And we start creating our defensive self. And our this defensive self is everything that we need to do to be, you know, to, to experience so we can feel that we belong in our group of origin. And that is for a specific reason, for survival. Because if we kind of like well behave in our group of origin, that eventually we are assuring our survival by feeling secure or being secure. So most of our primary years, we're constantly hiding and not showing parts of ourselves that are completely authentic and completely normal for us because we're focusing on how to be liked, how to be accepted, how to be loved by the people around us. So we grow up with this feeling that there's something wrong with us. There's this something inside that we need to hide, that we need not to be, that we need not to show. And that constantly sends the information to our subconscious that we're not worthy, that we're not good enough by who we are, we need to change, we need to transform, we need to act, we need to, to, to be different than what we really, 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 really are. So all of, all of those years, we're attacking exactly the same belief. It is kind of like, whatever you are, it's not good enough. You need to change to be loved. You need to be changed to be accepted. So if you were, for example, screaming a lot when you were a kid, or you were a loud child, and your parents told you like, no, please stop stop being so loud, then, you know, you kind of like adopt that ability that, you know, that you're not allowed to express yourself and it's better for you not to express yourself because if you don't express yourself, they're going to like you more and then you're going to be secure. And then you're going to belong in your group of origin. And then you might go all of, you know, through life feeling that it's, it's okay for you not to express yourself. And we can use many, 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 many different examples like these that give us um, kind of like the same, the same result, no? that something is, you know, different with us. So what evidence do we have that we're not good enough? So often our negative thoughts are based more on feelings rather than evidence. And when we take time to examine the facts, we realize that we're a lot more capable than what we thought. I don't know if you've heard about the imposter syndrome. No, it's quite common and there's lots of, you know, content around there talking about this. But this psychological phenomenon causes you to doubt your own accomplishments. People with imposter syndrome believe their success is due to luck or other external factors rather than their own abilities. And something quite funny about the imposter syndrome is that many people that you know, are type A personality or are overachievers, they have the imposter syndrome, which you would think that it would be exactly the opposite. But something that's interesting is to discover or to look around your dark side. And I love doing the shadow work because I think there's a lot of medicine for us to explore inside the shadow work. First of all, one of the things that have a lot with the shadow work is there's this list of words um, that you can go through, and we can do that in this in this episode. Uh, if you have a pen and a piece of paper, that you need to repeat to yourself 
And if there's any emotion, any discharge, anything, you know, different that you might be feeling, then that part, that, that part of you, it's something that, that you don't like, that you want to, to dim or not to show. No? So if you want to explore the dark side with me during this episode, I invite you to take out a piece of paper and we're going to go through this list of words and I'm going to say the word and you're going to repeat I am and that word. So for example, if I say cruel, then you say I am cruel. And if you go through the word and there's no reaction whatsoever from you, then, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not, that word doesn't have anything to do with your shadow. But if there's something uncomfortable, something that you don't like, some uh, charged emotion, something that moves, then that is part of your dark side. And if you're in doubt, when you're in doubt, then write it down. It's part of you. Maybe not as strong, but it's part of you. Okay, are you ready? So let's go with the first one. Remember to repeat I am and have that word. I am, and then we start. Greedy, liar, phony, cheap, hateful, jealous, vindictive, controlling, nasty, possessive, bitchy, wimp, evil, Geek, prudish, womanizer, angry, secretive, predator, addict, sick, fat, disgusting, stupid, idiot, fearful, Unconscious, masochist, unimportant, compulsive, frigid, rigid, abuser, manipulator, victim, victimizer, egocentric, better than, foolish, emotional, Ugly, sloppy, loudmouth, passive aggressive, coward, jerk, inauthentic, inappropriate, dead, irresponsible, incompetent, lazy. Opportunist, lush, stingy, dumb, immature, desperate, childish, gold digger, hormonal, cruel, scary, perverted, mean, offensive. Sad, arrogant, slut, deceitful, judgmental, martyr, hypocrite, wasteful, anxious, 
sadistic, worthless, loser, failure, envious, sleazy, inflexible, ignorant, jealous. So any of these words that, you know, had this charged emotion for you, that's are part of your dark side. And it's that part of you that you'd rather not be, as Carl Jung suggested. And it's everything that we've, you know, not been able to show, do not feel comfortable, feel shame if we show, if somebody else finds out. So it's something that we're constantly trying to put under the rug. But there's a lot of work and a lot of gold if we integrate our dark side, because eventually we're, we'll be functioning as whole and complete human beings, not running away of something that we don't want to be. If we integrate that part in ourselves, then eventually we're already that, so it doesn't matter. We don't need to be afraid to go out and launch maybe our book because we're not afraid that we might be seen as incompetent or whatever it was part of your words or your dark side. So doing shadow work, it's something that I think works a lot and helps a lot. And another thing that has a lot to do with feeling unworthy is comparing yourself to others. Sometimes we feel like we're not good enough because we're comparing ourselves to others who are in different circumstances. We may also be comparing our own weaknesses to another person's strengths. And it's important to remember that everyone has their own unique journey in different times, different talents and different limitations. And you see that with a lot of, for example, yoga students. They're students that normally they have really flexible legs, like their, their lower body is really flexible. And other students, you know, just by, by nature, by, by, by metabolism, that their upper body is very, very flexible. There's others that uh, have been in yoga for many years and they have been, you know, they have a specific rhythm. Other people get right into yoga and the second year they can, they have done an immense advancement. So each time and each, and each progress, it's for each person. And we're comparing constantly to the things that we see outside, you know, what's outside for us to see. It's like the... Um, the overnight success is kind of like when we think that people are having success, but it's all the grinding behind it and all the working on yourself and on your beliefs that also has a lot to do with the success that you have. And also it's really important to focus on your strengths and your accomplishments. This can help you feel more confident and capable. Take some time to list out your achievements and positive qualities. This list doesn't have to include tangible awards like a trophy. But you can include positive qualities that you possess. So just always doing your best or keep, you know, being kind to animals or being a good person or a trustworthy person or anything, right? Also, all of your light side, the things that you enjoy and that you love about yourself. And ask yourself, what is the worst that could happen if I'm not perfect? We put a lot of pressures on ourselves to being perfect. And this can be really unrealistic and unhelpful because that's this obsessive fear of imperfection. 
And the term, you know, these these of the of the Japanese Zen philosophy, you know, the term about wabi-sabi, which is the beauty of imperfection and how, you know, keeping things, you know, simple or unique, original in, in its natural state, it's its most beautiful state. And I'm sure you've also heard about the kintsugi, the art of, you know, putting broken pieces together with this gold lacquer. And actually has a lot of benefits of making the piece more resistant, more beautiful than the original perfect piece. And it can show us a lot of things about, it's more interesting a person that has had experience and that has failure and that has had many, many obstacles in their life. It's a much more interesting story. You know, so we don't, we don't need to be perfect and we don't need to be afraid of failure because if we fail, then we can eventually stand up and create something better with it. Okay. So the things about what can we do to improve how we feel? We need to do the work of checking our beliefs of what beliefs we have about ourselves, what beliefs we have inside of who we are, if we're worthy or not, and remain there. Remember, you're good enough, you're unique, you're capable of growth, of learning new things, of changing where you are right now. You achieved amazing things in your life, we recognize them. And you're here, you're alive and living on this earth, which means you have a purpose and a place in this world. You have the opportunity to make a difference, to create something and to contribute to society in your most authentic way. So it's not fair for you to constantly be feeling that you're not good enough because the world is outside waiting for your piece of art, for your natural expression, for things that, you know, that you only you are the gifts that only you have to offer to the world. So just go in, believe in yourself and let's keep on working together. You know, this unworthiness and these feelings of adequacy that many of us have because there's a whole rainbow and a paradise outside when we cross that. And we cross that belief. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively. <laughs>